Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Started. We, we started City Chapel on January 25th, 2015. And um, that, that January, the 21 days leading up to January 25th, we uh, gathered together as a little launch team in various living rooms around South Austin, and we prayed and fasted together. And so that's something we've been doing every single year since then. Uh, we take out the first 21 days of the year, roughly, and give it to God. So we're starting on the 3rd, so this gives you time to, to eat all of your Christmas stuff, to finish all your New Year's Eve food and candy and stuff, and get it out of the house and get ready for um, January 3rd through the 24th. But you don't have to do it alone. Okay, We're going to be doing this as a church. We're going to be doing it together, so there's going to be a support system. Um, and there's going to be a mutual uh, connection and conversation and prayer. So we're going to be praying every day together um, in the morning, though. This time, because of COVID, we're not going to be gathering here in the building every night like we usually do. Uh, but because of COVID, we're going to be gathering online on Zoom. So we're going to have Zoom prayer in the mornings. And then we're going to have specific Wednesday night prayers. So we, we already have a Wednesday worship and prayer service. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Uh, many of you join us online. A couple of you join us in person. But uh, we're just going to continue with that, only it's going to be around specific topics that we're going to be praying for and praying into, uh, kind of like we did last year. So on Wednesday nights from January 3rd to January 24th, we're going to have uh, unique um, worship and prayer services here. But I just want to invite you. I want to invite you to join us, and I want to invite you to start thinking about it, which is why uh, my message today is all about uh, prayer and fasting. So what is, what is prayer? Well, prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is communication with God. Now, there are different kinds of prayers. There's uh, supplication uh, type of prayers where you're, you're, you're asking him for something. There's intercession type of prayers where you are interceding or coming in between for somebody else. You're bringing someone else to the Lord in prayer. Um, there's communion uh, type of prayer where you're spending time with your Heavenly Father, communing with him. So those are some basic, there's other types of prayer, but those, those are some basic ways that we pray. Uh, we connect with God through prayer. Well, what is fasting? Fasting is, uh, let's see, fasting is an establishing a deeper connection with God. It's, a, it's, it's basically, it's, 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 it's plugging your prayer life into hyperdrive. It's, it's, giving, it, it's giving it, a, a, as Willy Wonka would say, a little kick. And, um, and uh, it, it, it's moving it forward. It's accelerating the speed of your connection with God. Um, and so I'm gonna, I, I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you primarily about fasting because a lot of us know a lot about prayer, but we don't talk about fasting very much. Um, and honestly, we, we often don't do fasting very much. And so this church is a church that believes in prayer and fasting um, because it's good for you. Not because it feels good. I don't enjoy fasting. I don't know if any of you super spiritual people do. Um, I don't enjoy going without coffee in January. Um, that's not something I look forward to every year um, from a physical standpoint. But from a spiritual standpoint, it is something I look forward to every year because it's a time that's dedicated to the Lord. And the Lord is always quick to respond in those times. And so God has met with me so many different times in so many different ways in seasons of prayer and fasting. So the spiritual benefits that you get out of it far exceed uh, the physical cost of it. Which, speaking of cost, it's actually cheaper. I don't know if you know this or not. It's cheaper to skip lunch in January. You'll save some money. Some of you guys are looking at me like, yeah, I, don't, I got enough money. I'm fine. Okay, well, um, whatever. Uh, it, it, it is, there's, there's, some, there's, there's some serious uh, benefits to, to fasting. Actually, there's, there's benefits to walking with God in general. And so this past year, um, in our 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, I made it a point, as I always have, to ask God for a word uh, from Him for the year. Like, Lord, what are you wanting to do this year? And, and this, I've been doing this since I was a teenager, just, just praying over my life. And then when I got married, praying over our lives and our family. And then when we started a church, praying over the church's life and the church life and the church family. Lord, what do you want to do in City Chapel in 2020? And so last January, I was praying about that. And the word activation or activate just came 
to my heart and I said, okay, well, I think God wants to activate some people, uh, wants to call people to step into their callings, uh, draw people into a place of, 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 of action. That's what activation is. Like you've been sitting and you've been learning, but now is the time of activation where you're going to put into practice some of the things that you've learned. And um, of course, nobody knew what 2020 was going to hold. Uh, newsflash, we also don't know what 2021 is going to hold. Um, for some reason, people think this is going to be better. I don't know why that the change of the calendar is suddenly going to make everything wonderful again and COVID's going to go away. And uh, anyway, no, like this, this is just life and, and God is sovereign in, in, in every year and God wants to share his secrets with his people. And so I encourage you for your own life, spend some time during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, asking God, Lord, what word do you have for me for this year, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do through me? What do you want to do in my family, Lord? And so as I prayed about activation, I really felt like there was just going to be some steps, some activation that people were going to step into in their anointing, in their callings, uh, in open doors that God was going to open up for them. And we have really seen that. Uh, we have really seen, uh, Bailey was up here, Bailey and Ryan stepped into a ministry uh, this year, stepping into apartment life ministry where they're serving their, their apartment community that, that they're living in. Various, many people have stepped into new levels of anointing, new levels of their calling, have been activated. And, 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 and that's kind of the struggle for me of 2020 is that as I talk about 2020, you know, it, it is a difficult time for many people. But the truth is for People who are walking with God, it has been an exciting time. It has been an encouraging time. It has been a growing time. Um, for instance, just you, you might have seen on Facebook, and I, and I have this, this thing for them, a slide for them to show, but you might have saw this. I, I posted this yesterday, the, the recent Gallup poll. Um, Gallup did, did a survey, and they do this every year. They're asking people, now this is self-assessment, so take it with a grain of salt, but they, they're asking people about their mental health. How would you rate your mental health? And this year, for the like, is is pretty rare. Uh, here in 2020, every single category of 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 humans in America ranked their mental health lower at the end of 2020 than at the end of 2019. Except for this group right down here, people that attend religious services weekly. Um, yeah, everybody else ranks their mental health. At, at a worse state now in terms of excellence uh, than they did a year ago, except people who attended church regularly. Uh, if you were a Republican, this was a real bad year for you. I'm just saying, I mean, you know, do I have to tell you that? Uh, but, you know, you're still not as bad as the Democrats, so like, you're still better than where they started, so I guess, you know, there's that. It hasn't been quite as bad for them. It's been tough. For independents, it's just always, it's always a rough, it's always a rough election cycle. Um, for, for women, it's a bit worse. Uh, but, you know, both men and women are both feeling the strain of 2020. But, and, and, and oh, and, and, no, I, as, as a pastor, I really like this one. Those that had attended nearly weekly. Look at that. You, you might as well be a Republican at that point. I mean, you're, it's, 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 it, 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 and that, and I'm telling you, man, that's what I've noticed in 2020. The gap between those who are walking in the light and those who are walking in darkness has just grown. And it's like, so, and, and, I, and I'm not saying because you go to church every Sunday, that means you're walking in the light, but it's part of it. Yeah, going to church doesn't make, you a, doesn't make you a Christian, you know. No more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Well, yes, that's true. However, if you never go to any restaurant or any grocery store ever, and you have no garden in your own backyard, please tell me how long you're going to survive. So I'm just saying, if you're not feeding your soul, then you're, you're starving your soul, and, and, and that's not okay. And so what happens, and I, and I, I, don't, I don't know if this means in-person uh, attendance. I, I think this can mean those who are attending faithfully online. Uh, as long as you're actually attending online. Some people are like, I'm watching online, Pastor. I'm like, really? Yeah, that sermon on Colossians yesterday was great. I'm like, ooh, okay, that's cool. That's, uh, you went to the archives or something? Like, or it's been a while since you were watching online. Uh, but no, you know, I mean, there, there are people that are actually with us online, and we've been interviewing some of those. Uh, but I'm telling you, it makes a difference, even just in your mental health. 
And so God has some good things for us, whether it's attending church or fasting and praying or tithing. I talked about the benefits of tithing uh, last, last week. God has some wonderful things for us, and God has some good things for us in fasting too. So I just have a quick list on just some physical uh, benefits of, of fasting. Are you ready for this? Number one, it promotes blood sugar control by reducing insulin resistance. Is anybody dealing with blood sugar issues? You can pray about that. It promotes better health by fighting inflammation. That's a pretty big deal. There's a lot of that going on. May enhance heart health by improving blood pressure. Uh, and cholesterol levels. It might boost your brain function. <laughs> and prevent neurodegenerative disorders. Uh, it aids weight loss. Come on, somebody. By limiting calorie intake and boosting metabolism, it increases your growth hormone secretion, which is vital for growth, metabolism, weight loss, and muscle strength. It could delay aging. Not going to look anywhere in that one, but it could delay aging and extend longevity, may aid in cancer prevention. Um, because because a lot of times what happens is your, 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 your body is looking for fuel. And uh, if you don't give it fuel for a number of days, it'll start finding other sources of fuel. And they found that actually it, it can be a cancer prevention because it can start eating away at cancerous cells. Because the first thing it's going to eat is the bad stuff, all the bad stuff that it can find. And so anyway, it can, be, it can be helpful in that and it can aid the effectiveness of chemotherapy, taking it from nearly totally ineffective to just not so effective. Uh, take, take that one up a bit. Um, but it, it really does. Now, it's not for everybody, just for starters. Uh, those that have diabetes have, have not participated with us in a full fast. But the truth is fasting is going without something. Uh, in scripture, it's usually going without food, which is why I'm talking about how physically it can, it can help you in, in some of these areas of going without food. But the truth is, uh, if you have a physical condition where you can't go without food for very long, you can go without other things. Uh, you, can go with, you can do a media fast. You can go without uh, social media. You can, you can do an entertainment fast. You can go without movies. You can go without Netflix. I can't live without that. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the idea. Uh, the truth is, is, it's giving up things which are precious and dear to us in order to establish a deeper connection with God. So as we release some of these things, um, it, it, it opens, uh, it doesn't do anything to God, but it opens us up to receive from him. So in Matthew chapter 6, I do have this scripture to put on the screen. Jesus said, when you fast, do not look somber as the, the faces of the, the hypocrites, uh, they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you that they have re already received the reward in full. But when, when you fast, there's that term again, but when, I like that, not but if. And I don't like fasting. Okay, when are you going to fast? I'm not going to fast in January. Okay, when are you going to fast? Because that's what Jesus says. Jesus says, when you fast, and uh, then you get to 1 John chapter 2, which we're going to get into here pretty soon. Uh, and John says, uh, my, my, my dear brethren, if you sin. And we often flip those, right? It's like if we fast and when we sin, that's the way we think about it. But uh, biblically speaking, the if is on the sin, the when is on the fasting. So you're going to fast. Just touch somebody, tell them you're going to fast. And when you fast, Jesus says, uh, you should wash your face. Come on, somebody, put oil on your head. Nah, that, that's hairspray. That's what he's saying. Get some gel, get some, get, get, get some wax or something, put some oil on your head, wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only, and this is the key, it needs to be obvious to your father who is himself unseen. He's not running around looking for people to notice him. He is himself unseen. He is himself in secret. He's often, do, often doing many of his works in secret. And so your father who sees what is done in secret will then reward you. And that's what fasting is. Fasting is setting you up for the rewards of heaven. You don't have to fast to go to heaven. All right. It's not salvation. If you don't fast, God doesn't strike you dead and send you to hell. It's kind of like tithing, but it is a covenant. And it is a principle of Scripture that when we fast, we set ourselves up for heaven to bless us. We set ourselves up for the Father who sees us in secret to see what we're doing and then reward us. And God, let me tell you, God has a wonderful way of rewarding His kids. 
Uh, this past year, uh, I, I could tell, share various stories, but I asked Brenda if I could share Brenda Statham's story because Brenda joined, Brenda and Ward joined us, uh, well, they joined us in our church years ago, but uh, for the, I think for the first time fa- joining in January prayer and fasting was two years ago. Um, we went out to eat with them the night before we were about to fast. So we had our last burger and fries and ice cream, I remember, in some place in South Austin, I forget, but it was good. And we celebrated, we took a picture and, and uh, we were ready then for 21 days. Um, and uh, that was, I think it was the first time that they had joined us. And, 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 and it was okay, God, God did some things. I, I, I know um, she was going through a difficult time and every day at noon, I would come on and I would go through Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer. And uh, we always try to input something into your, into your life as well. You're going without food, but it doesn't mean you go without everything. You need to be receiving from the Holy Spirit. And so it was a benefit to her and to them, and it was an encouragement to them. And so much so that they decided to do it again this past January. And yet this time, I think they changed it up a little bit, right? You changed it to more of a media fast and entertainment fast. And, and instead of watching Netflix, reading the word and getting into the, to the scriptures. And so this past time though, she was just sharing with me about how powerful it was and how uh, the Holy Spirit just was speaking to her and dealing with her and, and moving in her life. And, and it was wonderful and it was awesome. And then the pandemic hit. So this is, but, but this is what God will do though. God will take you to a place of intimacy and a place of close, closeness. He'll take you up to a mountaintop and then he'll lead you to a valley. The idea is not to forget about the mountaintop when you get into the valley. The mountaintop experience is supposed, to, is supposed to encourage you and strengthen you for the journey ahead. God is so good that he prepares us for stuff. God's kids may be caught off guard in terms of knowing what was coming, but they're not caught off guard in terms of being ready for what is coming. We have, we receive the resources. Now, if she had not fasted and prayed during January, as many people did not, she would have hit the pandemic like many people did. Already low on resources, already low on confidence, already low on uh, peace, already low on joy, already running on empty, on, on, on relationship, you know, uh, stuff. And suddenly now you get, you get a pandemic loaded on top of you. And this is why I say the gap has been widening because those that were doing church but not walking in the light, they ran into a pandemic, they ran into the hardships and the mental health issues actually, uh, according to the Gallup poll, that are associated with this season. And they had no resources. They had no extra. And, and, and yet uh, she, she had some extra. Um, and she needed some extra because uh, in her line of work, she works for herself. So she's not unemployed, but she is if nobody employs her, if nobody gets her to do different stuff. And so she was out of work till June, was it? From basically March to June and trying to survive on savings and whatnot. And, 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 and that's difficult. And it's difficult financially. It's also difficult relationally. In your relationships, things can get stressful. It's difficult emotionally. You can start wondering, is God gonna provide? What's gonna happen here? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna fix this? How am I gonna... And, and yet she said that she just had this peace that extended from January. That there was this peace from God that God was gonna take care of it. And sure enough, God has taken care of it. And, and if you wanna know, you can talk to her about the many ways in which from June until now, uh, she's never, I mean, she's had a, a lot of paychecks. God's been bringing in all kinds of clients and all kinds of things uh, and blessing. And that's, and, that's, and, and that's actually what I've been, that's what I referenced last week when I talked about tithing, how when you, when you put God first, God has a way of blessing you that you just, you can't logically make up for. And so even at City Chapel, so the giving of City Chapel is the, the highest in 2020 it's ever been. The, you all, the church, you watching online, have given more in 2020 than any other year, which is bizarre because people are losing jobs and they're going through difficult times. But what's happening is, uh, number one, people are still being faithful to give who are losing jobs, whatever they have, they're making sure to put God first. But two, the people who, who are giving, God is blessing in the middle of this time. Not everybody is struggling right now. Not everybody is barely making it. Not, everybody is, is, not everybody's mental health is down there with the Republicans and the Democrats. 
Not everybody has taken a hit. That's why I was, that's why, like, for me, it's a little difficult to communicate 2020 because on the one hand, I know many people that are struggling, but on the other hand, man, things are going great. We've had more people attending small groups than ever before. We've had more people, like, giving than ever before. And the people who are giving have more to give than they usually do. And I'm just praying for God just to continue. Like for me, 2021 is exciting. We have more opportunities for ministry at City Chapel than we've ever had. The largest amount of kids we've ever had register for toys was 86 last year. We have 191 this year. We've like, I'm not good at math, but that's more than twice. <laughs> and, and like last year was like twice what we had the year before. And so God is so faithful that as we lean into him, as we put him first, and that's what fasting is. It's putting God first in January, the first month of the year. It's putting him first by denying ourselves things that we really want, whether it's food or whether it's Netflix or whatever it may be. And instead of pursuing <clears throat> those things, instead of being comforted by those things, instead of being distracted by those things, we spend time in prayer. And, 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 and many of you may say, well, I don't even know how I could spend, you know, 40 minutes in prayer. What do you, what do you pray about for 40 minutes? Well, it, like, hey, you can join us in the mornings for an hour and you can see. It really is a practice. It's like riding a bike. All right. Nobody's great at it to begin with, but ev anybody can do it. Anybody can have a prayer life. Anybody can, can, can walk with God. And fasting is that, is, that, is that putting God first in the beginning of the year. It's really sowing, honestly. It's like tithing. You're sowing into your spirit, man. You're sowing into the spiritual. You're putting down seeds in the ground that will grow something later. And, and really, I mean, that's, 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 that's a lot of what walking in the light is all about. In John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, uh, he says, look, we, we want you to have fellowship with us and with the Father and with Jesus Christ. And that's what the purpose of this. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus and so what, 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 what you're doing when you're fasting, when you're setting aside things that are near and dear to you in order to pursue God, you're, you're prioritizing fellowship with him. And what happens in the middle of that is oftentimes people lay down some darkness because you cannot walk with light and walk, continue to walk in darkness. And so what happens is there's some good sort of weeding that happens when I'm talking about sowing, right, in the garden of your heart, there's some weeds that need to be pulled up. There's some bad habits that need to be <clears throat> cut down at the root and, and pulled out. But it's not just about getting rid of stuff. It's about sowing new seeds. It's about sowing new things. Uh, J.D., I think it's J.D. Walt, said, to be sure, repentance means weeding our souls. Uh, but even more so, <clears throat> it means sowing the seeds of incredible things. So repentance is both of those. It is weeding our souls, it's getting rid of some sin, some darkness, but it's also beginning to walk in the light, which is to sow seeds into our spirit man. Because as, as he said in his recent article, he said, he said, you know, you reap what you sow. The law of sowing and reaping is true. If you reap tomatoes, you get tomatoes. If you reap, uh, if, if you sow wheat, you reap wheat. If you sow nothing, you get nothing, right? wrong ha tricked you 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 don't get nothing you get weeds if you sow nothing into your marriage you don't get nothing from your marriage you get you get you get division thanks because you know he who has no sin it, he who says i have no sin is deceiving himself so the so our sin nature just naturally creates weeds so if you sow nothing you get weeds. If you, if you input nothing, you get, you get turmoil. I think Proverbs says those who sow nothing, they reap a, a whirlwind. They reap a storm. Yeah. How, do you, how, how do you do that? Well, because our, our, our nature will, will corrupt things. And so you will end up reaping more than what you sow. And so if you sow nothing, you reap weeds. And many of us have sown very little or nothing into our spirit, man. And so we're reaping these weeds of anxiety and these weeds of depression and these weeds of bad attitudes and these weeds of selfishness and these weeds of, 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 of addiction and these weeds of bad behavior and, and stuff that we want to change, but we can't change because they're growing from, from within us. 
And so fa- what fasting does is fasting begins to, uh, uh, it gives us time to go through our field of our life, the garden of our soul, and begin uprooting some of these things that have just been growing almost by accident. And we didn't even realize, and some of it we do realize, but some of it we don't. And we just pull it up. But instead of just simply pulling things up, there's also a deposit that's being done in our spirit. We are sowing into the spirit. We're sowing into peace. We're sowing into joy. Because we don't know what 2021 holds. We might lose our job until June. But there needs to be some fruit of joy and peace and confidence in God. That is not fake. That is not, oh, darn it, I'm just trying to be confident in God and just, you know, fake it till I make it. Like, no, man. Like, what if real confidence began to grow up out of your spirit because of the seeds you planted when things were good? Like, this is, this, 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 this is what fasting is. You say, like, um, a lot of times people are like, well, I'm fasting for that, 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 that. Don't fast for something. I'm fasting for healing in my left leg. I have a little ache in my knee every time it rains and I would like that to go away. Well, that's great, but don't fast for something. Fast for someone. You're fasting for fellowship with God. And if he chooses to heal your leg, that's lovely. But you don't know, like so much good stuff comes out of fellowship. If you understood the power of fellowship, if you understood what God would do just as a favor to those that he has fellowship with, you wouldn't feel like you have to beg him to do so much other stuff. Because a son doesn't have to sign a contract to get a loan from his dad. A son doesn't have to ask permission to go into the refrigerator. A son opens up the refrigerator door because he has fellowship, he has relationship with his father. But a servant, if you're just here mowing the lawn, like you're not necessarily welcome to come in and, and raid my fridge. I'm paying you to mow the lawn. I, you know, the door's not like, you can't come use my restroom. You can't come, like, don't come sit on my couch and sit and start watching TV. Like, I'm paying you to mow the lawn, right? It's a totally different relationship. But we are, God wants to have a father-son relationship with us, not a servant. Go mow the lawn, and then maybe I'll let you come in and Get some Kool-Aid or something. No, like he wants to have a fellowship where you come in to his house and his house is also your house and his fridge is also your fridge. And that's why Paul says that I, look, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory, which is in Christ Jesus, because I'm in Christ Jesus. His house is my house. His riches are my riches. His provision is my provision. His will is my will. Like his peace is my peace. His joy is my joy. If I'm short on anything, I don't have to try to figure out how to accomplish it myself. I can ask my father and he will give it to me. He just gives it to me. And some of, the, some of the prayers that have been answered the most for me are not prayers where I'm beating my chest and crying out and shouting and walking around. It's prayers where I'm just like, Lord, it would be nice if. I know you don't have to, but I kind of like, and he's like, okay. It's amazing because of fellowship, because of relationship. And so, and so, we, and so what I want to encourage you to do, if, if, if you're one of the ones that feel like your mental health has declined a bit this year, hey, look, start sowing different seeds. If you don't like what's in your garden, just start sowing some different seeds. You say, well, I can't fast 21 days. Oh, well, fast seven days then. Fast three days. Fast every afternoon or so. Like, figure out a way uh, to, to begin to move forward. Physical obedience is a part of spiritual blessing. It absolutely is. It's not just mental agreement, and it's not just emotional attachment. There are physical steps that you can make that can actually engage your spirit man. You know your spirit and your physical are tied together, right? They're not separated. What you do in the physical affects who you are in the spiritual and vice versa. And so you, there are physical, that, that's why God asks us to do things physically like fasting and tithing. It's not because he needs our money and it's not because he needs us to be skinnier. <laughs> <laughs> he, doesn't, he, he doesn't need us to go without food. He doesn't, he doesn't need our money. He, but we need it. 
Because as we connect with God and fellowship with God in, through fasting, in whatever way God lays on your heart to do, and we do, we, we're going to have um, resources for if, if children want to fast, how to talk to children about fasting. Um, if, uh, if, if you have physical um, issues which would limit you from fasting, what are some other ways to fast? Uh, and then different types of fast, even if you're, you're perfectly healthy and, 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 and all of that. So we're, we're going to be walking with you, but I want to encourage you today just simply to set to set a goal in your mind to say, you know what, come January, I'm going to step into this. I'm going to make a physical move that will bring about spiritual results, spiritual blessings. And so we see this most clearly in Daniel chapter 10. Uh, and this is where we get, you might have heard of the Daniel fast. Uh, this, is, this is what many of us do during these 21 days because uh, uh, to go completely without food, you know, I would disappear. So that, that would not be good. They don't make a t size 26 men's pants, I don't think. 25 maybe? I don't know. Um, but uh, it, so it's, it's not always good to go complete fast unless God leads you to do that. But a Daniel fast is something that Daniel did physically that got spiritual results. So let's read from uh, Daniel chapter 10, starting um, on verse 2. Uh, he says, At that time I, Daniel, mourned <clears throat> for three weeks, which that's kind of what fasting feels like. <clears throat> When you don't have Starbucks in the morning, when you don't have any sugar, when you don't, you're, you're in morning, no carbs, no sugar, no caffeine, it's kind of like morning. And so he says, I mourn for three weeks. Why? Well, it, the, 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 sort of the, pre, the, the prelude to this is he had this vision, he had this dream, and it was concerning him, and God wanted it to concern him. God will put things in your life that are discomforting, and Bailey was talking about this Wednesday, that, are, that make you uncomfortable, but they're not, they're not bad. It's not that God wants to get rid of all of that. No, God dropped a dream in his heart and it was bothering him. And there's a reason for that. And God had a reason for that. God had a message for him. And so what God wanted Daniel to do was to pray. And by the way, if you're feeling heavy, what God wants you to do is pray first. Like before you try to solve it, before you try to get rid of it, before you try to go around and, and, and figure everything out, uh, pray. Bring it to the Lord first. And this is what Daniel does. For three weeks, he says he mourned, and this is his fast in verse 2. He says, I ate no choice food. Or this is verse 3. I ate no choice food. That's why uh, no sugar, uh, nothing that, that tastes good. I ate no choice food. In other words, like he only ate vegetables. I ate no choice food and no meat. You don't eat no meat or wine touched my lips. In other words, I didn't drink anything good. I didn't eat anything that tasted good. And I didn't eat any meat that gave me protein. So for three weeks, and so that's basically, that's essentially what the Daniel fast is. Anything that has grown out of the ground, you can eat. But anything that's been manufactured or, or whipped up or added to or whatever. No, you can't. Like, so during this time, we do a lot of Whole Foods shopping. Ro loves this time of year. Um, I, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. So no, um, no bread. I, I, well, we do do whole grain if there's been nothing to add, no sugar added or anything like that. So, which whole grain bread is terrible. Um, it, it'll make you mourn. If you just eat whole grain bread, it'll make you mourn for three weeks. Um, and, and then also he says, I use no lotions or fancy creams. I use no lotions until the three weeks were over. Uh, so this is, this is, <laughs> some of you, some of you might need to use some lotions. I'm not, I don't know. But I'm just saying, the, the idea was, he said, I'm not doing anything extra for myself. So all those gift certificates I got for Christmas, they're going to wait till after January. Right? Like, we're not going to go, uh, go have a fun time at this or that. I'm not, I, I, because there's a lot of distractions in our lives. And, it, and it's not that God doesn't want us to have fun. He doesn't want us to go to Six Flags or whatever. But not from January 3rd to January 24th. There's is setting a season where we say, you know what? If we're going to do something as a family, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do something as a family. But then we're going to spend some time with God as a family. And then we're going to pray as a family. Then we're going to read the word as a family. It's reorienting ourselves around God instead of around so many other things that, that happens throughout the year. We get moved off of base uh, 
And this is a good way in, December, in, in January to put ourselves back on base, back in touch with, with God. And so that's what he did. And then if you scroll down to verse 10, um, he, he's just talking about some of the, the, this vision that he has. This vision was of an angel and uh, the, a man standing in front of him. And he says, the hand touched me and made me start trembling on my hands and knees. And he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. After three weeks of fasting, he said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about fellowship with God. Like God loves everybody in terms of love. He loves everybody in terms of agape. He, he loves the entire world, but he only has so many friends. He agape everybody, but he only phileos so many people. Phileo is the Greek word for friendship or fellowship. So God, God loves the entire world, and he really does, truly. And I'm not taking away from the strength and power of his love. His agape is, is amazing. But his friendship is different. His favor is another scriptural word for friendship, favor. For the, when, like, when, when, when he just likes you. He loves everybody, but he only likes certain individuals. And the, 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 the language of fellowship with God, the language of worship is sacrifice. And so when we give up what we want, we become what he wants. As we give up what we want, we become what he wants. And so he comes to Daniel, he says, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Now he just came straight from heaven this angel. He, he hasn't been hanging out with like uh, humans. So he doesn't mean you're highly esteemed by the king. You're highly esteemed by your, by Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You're highly esteemed by some of these other people. No, he's coming from the throne room of heaven. He says, Daniel, do you know that you're highly esteemed in heaven? And that's what, that's what Jesus says fasting does, that, that your father sees it and that your father is pleased by it. And once again, we're not fasting in order to get God to, to like us or to do something for us. But it does, when we start sacrificing, it puts us in a place of favor with God. And as Tommy Tenney used to say, one moment of favor is worth a lifetime of labor. It rhymes, so it must be true. Um, but it is true, the great things that come out of favor with God. The great things that come out of connection with God and friendship friendship with the Holy Spirit, the beautiful things that come out of friendship with the Holy Spirit. You can, you, can, you can live a nominal Christian life and see God as a dictator. But if you, really want, if you really want to take your relationship with God to the next level, you must enter into a friendship relationship with him. And the, the language of, of worship and the language of fellowship with God is sacrifice. That as we give up things, and as we lay down things, not, not, not just randomly, but as he shares with us and as he puts it on our heart, which is why we always tell you to pray about fasting and what God would have you fast and when you would fast. But as we do that, we become highly esteemed. He says, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you. Stand up for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind and I, and, I, and I really like this. This is what Daniel did at the beginning of his fast. He set his mind to do two things. One, to gain understanding. Which is why I say don't, don't fast for something. Fast for someone. And when you do, you will set your mind to gain understanding. What, is, what does Proverbs say is understanding? It's knowledge of the Holy One. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Daniel set his mind <clears throat> to gain understanding because he had a dream that he didn't understand that was troubling him. And so, hey, in 2020, there's a lot that's troubling us that we don't understand. There's a lot that's going on. Here's, here's the deal. Why don't you set your mind to gain understanding? Not knowledge, but understanding. Knowledge is the what, but understanding is the who. Who is in charge who is directing 
and it's the why. It's, it's, it's all the stuff behind the what is happening. And so he wasn't setting his mind to get a crystal ball and say, well, what does 2021 hold? I want to have the perfect prophecy. Uh, he wasn't looking for that. He was looking for understanding. And this is what, like, th- this is what God, the things that God gives in fellowship and in friendship is you hang out with him and you fellowship with him. You begin to gain his perspective. It's not all, he doesn't tell you all the secrets of this, you know, the, uh, uh, the, 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 this team's going to win the Super Bowl, right? Like, he, he doesn't tell you that stuff. But he, gives, he doesn't give you specifics of what's going to happen, but he gives you the why, and he gives you the who, and he gives you the how, and he gives you his perspective so that you see your everyday life from his perspective. And this gives you his peace. This gives you his joy. This gives you his strength. You don't have to muster it up, but if you could see what he sees from the angle that he sees it, that's what he said. He said, Daniel, you set your mind to gain understanding. And the second thing, first thing was to gain understanding. The second thing was to humble yourself. And that's a big part of fasting. It's potentially the biggest part of fasting. Sometimes I've fasted and I haven't felt like I gained any understanding at all (laughs) or any knowledge or any anything. I felt like I spent 21 days just humbling myself. And that's still a really great thing. (laughs) Because whether you're a pastor or, or a mason or a nurse, you go through life and you start to rely on yourself. And you start to rely on your bank account. You start to rely on your strength. You start to rely on your wisdom. You start to rely on your, your charm, as Micah says, his charm. You start, to rely, <laughs> you start to rely on yourself, whatever that may be. Your family, maybe. Your, your house, maybe. You, you start to rely on other things. Well, it, it's called pride. When we, when we place ourselves at the center, and what fasting does is it, is it tears us out of the center. It sort of violently, as your stomach is grumbling, removes yourself from the center of your life. Because everything inside you really wants to eat that cookie. Everything, like when, when you fast, trust me, they're going to bring free food to work. They're going to be people, like you're going to, the smell of pizza is just going to hit you when you walk outside. I don't know why, but you know, just random, you're like, everything's going to, actually your smells, <clears throat> your smell, your sense of smell is going to be intensified. And your sense of taste is increased. And so, I mean, my goodness, like, all, like it's just going to be so much <clears throat> temptation. And it's going to be hitting you in so many ways. And when you deny that, when you walk away from that, when you put that down, you're really putting down yourself. If you want to, look, if you, if you want to learn how to submit to God and you don't quite know how to because every time you give up something, you always end up taking it back, try fasting. Literally, if you struggle with an addiction that you can't get rid of, fasting is the key to humble yourself. Because it's a, it's a very physical thing. It's a very simple thing. Sometimes our addictions are actually wired into more than just a physical. It might be a physical thing, but it's actually connected to emotions and it's connected to our thought processes. But, but food, no, it's just physical. It's just absolutely outside of you. And your stomach craves it and your body says that it needs it, but it really doesn't need it. Especially the stuff in a Daniel fast that you're giving up. Really doesn't need sugar. Not that much. Uh, really doesn't need caffeine, really doesn't need meat, actually, technically, even though it's really great. Uh, all of these things. Doesn't need cheese, doesn't need dairy, even though dairy's great. I love cheese, I love dairy, but he really doesn't need all of that stuff. And I, I think at times we get ourselves in a place where we believe we need far more than we need. And we end up stressed out because we just like, God, I don't know what I'm going to do if I lose that. And that's a problem. Humble yourself. What do you mean you don't know if you do what you do? If you you'll trust in God. That's what you'll do. God will provide. That's what will happen. God will lead. That's what, God will be faithful. That's what, when God becomes the center. That's humble. Humble doesn't mean oh woe is me. I'm terrible. I'm a horrible person. No, that's not humility. Humility is 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 thinking. It's not it's not thinking less of me. It's thinking of me less. It's getting me out of the center and getting God into the center. And we find out that actually we don't need a lot of the stuff we thought we needed. 
Really, we need him. And he's always provided the stuff that we really do, in fact, need. And so it is, it is a humbling factor, and it is an understanding factor. He says, since you set your mind to uh, gain understanding and to humble yourself. By the way, humility is, is a pathway to joy. I, I'm telling you, joy is on the other side of humility. Favor is on the other side of humility. Scripture says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He pours out grace. Sometimes I think we're trying to defeat uh, things without enough grace. We're trying to defeat addictions without enough grace. And you literally can't do it on your own power. You need the grace or the power of God. And the way you get grace is by humbling yourself. That's why uh, the scripture says, uh, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and then turn from their wicked ways and then pray, right? After those things, I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. I'll forgive their sins. But it starts with humbling ourselves. And so, so much access into the presence of God starts with humility. And so, and so now he says, uh, since you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then one of the, uh, Michael, one of the chief princes, one of the chief angels, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. What he's talking about is that as soon as Daniel prayed, God released the angel to, to share the message with him. First day. And, and, and honestly, I think that's how God wants to react. Very quickly to us. He doesn't, he doesn't always want to make us wait. But what happened was the angel was detained on the way because of this prince of Persia guy. Now, Persia was the dominating empire of that, of, that, of that day. And so really what he's saying is that the prince of the age or the age, the, 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 the current zeitgeist of the day was blocking me. And so I, I was having spiritual warfare in the heavens trying to get the message down to you. And it took 21 days, I guess, for Michael to back him up. I don't know why Michael's so slow on the uptake, but... Like, I don't know what, what he's up there doing. I'm not sure. But anyway, it took him 21 days to finally come back him up. And so the, the point, though, is, and he's sharing this with Daniel. And it's like, well, why? Why, why bother? Why not just be like, I'm here 21 days later? No, he's sharing with him so that Daniel can know the next time he goes to fasting and praying for 21 days, that sometimes when I'm praying and fasting, it's not that God's not doing anything. In fact, it's very much that God is doing something. And that if I stop on day 14, <laughs> if I stop on day 19, if I stop, if I stop short, like, like while I think I'm just waiting, God's actually working and doing things on my behalf. And so sometimes in, in fasting and prayer, you don't see anything happening. Like I, like, like I mentioned, like, oh, I guess I just humbled myself for 21 days. But the truth is, for those 21 days, God is still at work even when we can't see him. And so what fasting does is it, is it brings the resources of heaven to bear in places that we can see and in places that we cannot see. That there are hidden battles which are taking place. There are secret wars that are waging right, raging right now. There are, there, there, there are unseen forces that our prayer and our fasting is affecting. And by the way, I, the, the reason why I say the Prince of Persia was uh, the, well, it, it was a political power. It was also a geological force, but it was also, also a, a time frame situation. Persia was the current dominating uh, force on the, on the world scene. But what's interesting is when the angel tells Daniel that he's leaving, he explains to him here a few verses later, he says, when I go back, I'm going to have to fight uh, the prince of Greece. Which is weird because Greece was kind of a teeny little island at that point. But here in the future... Greece was going to rise up and become the primary dominating empire. In other words, we're not always praying for battles that are happening right now. We're not always praying for battles that are affecting 2020 or 2021. Sometimes, sometimes we're praying for things that are affecting 30 years from now and 40 years from now. When we think of 
travel, right? When we think of travel, we think of angels moving from one location to another. But when God talks about travel, he's not just talking about space. He's also talking about time. Time and space are connected without getting too deep. So, so the angel says, when I go back, I'm going to have to fight in space this thing which hasn't even happened yet in time. But it's going to. And so it's so interesting. Sometimes I think the effects of our prayer and fasting aren't even seen in our lifetime. And God's interested in sowing seeds now, yeah. But those seeds, sometimes they're not going to sprout for another 30 or 40 or 50 years. But the faithfulness of planting them right now is still important. It's very important. And he reveals that to Daniel just so that we can know. So that we can know that as we, that as we give up what we have, we can start to plant something that is more powerful. For instance, David. David uh, the, you know, is a shepherd out feeding his sheep and he's worshiping and he's fasting and he's praying and he's connecting with God. He's spending fellowship with God. And he gets no immediate benefits. <laughs> God didn't transform his life. God anointed him with oil and then sent him back out there to fast and pray and sing with sheep. Uh, but then, right, and quite unexpectedly, he faces a Goliath, and this Goliath is very confident with what he has, and this Goliath is very confident with his skill set, and this Goliath is very confident with his, his history of, of, of battles, and he challenges David, who he's sure he's just going to crush, and David has this confidence, not in a skill set, not in a battle, but he says, you come to me with a javelin and a spear, I come to you in the name of of the God of Israel, like, and if he has this confidence in God, and he steps out there, and he gets this little stone in a sling, and he swirls it around, and he shoots, and the kids and I were talking about this the other day, because they were talking to another kid who's from a different religion, but they both believe in David and Goliath's story, and, and they said, yeah, this other kid was saying how David killed Goliath, but my kids were sort of like, yeah, but God helped him, and I said, well, yes, but it doesn't actually say that in the text, it doesn't say that God directed the stone. It doesn't say that God did anything. It just says what David was thinking about, that David walked into the battle, and he had a skill set, apparently, of slingers, um, but he was thinking about the competence of God. He was thinking about the, 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 the glory. The, he was zealous for the glory of God. Where did, where, where did he get that? How did he get so confident in God? From fellowship. It's not, it's, not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And Goliath knew a lot of great battle tactics, but David knew the God of heaven and earth. And so, and so as we step into 2021, look, I'm not, I'm not here to say that fasting will teach you more so you'll know more. No, it's not what you know. It's who you know that makes all the difference. That he, God can answer, God can change situations. God can change countries. God can turn the hearts of kings and wives and husbands and children like water, Proverbs says. It's like water. Like it's as easy for God to change someone's heart as it is for you to stick your finger in water. And just like when you put your finger in running water in a river, the water runs around that finger. That's what happens. God places his hand on somebody and suddenly years of abuse just start running around that person. God places his hand in somebody and suddenly years of bad thinking and horrible habits just start running around them. It changes the course of things. This is how God works. And this is out of fellowship. This comes out of fellowship where you, where you, where, where you are connected with him in fellowship and then you say, right, then you ask anything in my name and it'll be done for you. Then you mention, I'd really like this, and it happens. So the time is now. The time is now to step in. So I want to challenge you to pray about what God would have you fast in January and how God would have you join us. We're going to have, like I said, we're going to have morning prayer uh, that you can join us in. We're going to have uh, Wednesday night services, which we currently have, but we're going to continue those Wednesday night services. Uh, There's just going to be more focused on different prayer focuses. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a time of spiritual growth. It's going to be a time of spiritual preparation. And a year from now, you'll be able to tell the difference of people who, who had more than enough oil in their lamps. And those who had just enough, 
to make it to the time they thought he was coming? That's another parable that Jesus told. Trust me, it's better to have more than enough. As my dad, the Boy Scout, would say, it's better to have it and not need it. Uh, when it comes to oil, you're going to need it. <laughs> you're you're going to need it. I need it. I need redirected. For my family, I need recentered. I need to connect with God. I need this time. I, that's why I don't give it up, because I need it. I don't send you guys out fasting, and I'm sitting here snacking on stuff. Like, no, like, I need it. Like, the whole staff participates in fasting, because we all need it. There's nobody that's spiritual enough to, to skip it. It's because it doesn't work that way. You, you, you want fellowship with him. We all want fellowship with him. And, and it really is important to step into it right now. One last scripture. I know we've had a lot of scriptures today. But this is a scripture I read uh, back on Wednesday night, and I wanted to share with you guys today. John 12, um, speaking of the light. By the way, John also wrote 1 John, and he wrote this gospel. And John is remembering a, a, a message that Jesus preached, as only John would remember it, because it has to do with the light. Uh, he says, Jesus told them, you're going to have the light just a little while longer. He's talking about himself. He is the light of the world. He says, you're going to have the light a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light. So walk and then believe. Believe in the light while you have the light. There's that phrase again, while you have the light. So that you may become children of light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. Uh, that kind of cracked me up, that last part. Like he's, he's preaching and, and, he, and he says right here, he says, believe in the light so that you might become children of the light. He just gets down and he goes. He doesn't say dismissed. He just ran out the back door, runs into the parking lot and and hid himself. Like, wouldn't that be weird if I was just like preaching about fasting and then I'm just like, and I'm just out the back door and I'm hiding in one of the truck beds out there laying down. <laughs> like, what's, what's he doing? Like, are we, are we done? Are we, should we pray or do, no? Okay. You know, I mean, it would, it would be awkward. Well, that's, that's the idea. Jesus is giving them a physical, visible example. He's like, you're only going to have the light so long, so long, and then it's going to be. And they're like, what, what, what was he saying? You're, if you cannot respond in obedience to the light you have right now, you will not respond in obedience when that light has moved on. So there's a time frame. I don't know what the time frame is, but there's a time frame to light. There's a time frame to obedience, which is why I'm, I'm telling you, man, like this January, this is, you, you got to jump in. I'm not really sure if that, well, you got to jump in because there's a time when the light is going to go away. He says, he says, you need to walk in the light while you have the light or else the darkness will overtake you, meaning the light's moving and you must follow it. And so as God has been laying, either giving or fasting and praying on your heart, the time for obedience is right now. The time for walking is right now. If you wait until a time when you're ready or you're more ready or you think you're ready or whatever, you'll, you, 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 you'll never do it. And that's what happened. The, immediately the next verse, it says they did not believe him, that even though he performed so many miracles, they did not believe him. Why? Because... They wouldn't believe him when he was standing in front of them. And when he hid himself, then they forgot what he had said. And so, so when light presents itself to you, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, when God speaks to you, that's when you step. So I have some options for you. This is, this is, your, this is, your, this is your altar call right here. Um, some options for you to make a step. Um, and uh, I just uh, have them up here on the screen for you to be able to see you're watching online uh, they can swip, swap it over for you um, but this is this these are some steps that you can take right now like today you can make a decision today one to join our prayer in 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 January so if you want to do that you text prayer to 512-960-1617 and it'll put you in a list uh, in a texting list 
where uh, you'll get updates um, as we move forward, links to talking to your kids about prayer, uh, links to um, our, our Wednesday night service in prayer, links to the Zoom prayer meetings in the morning. Um, so if you want to be a part of that, text the word prayer to 512-960-1617. And it's starting January 3rd through January 24th. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, no, it's good. I can step out of the way. 512-960-1617, texting the word prayer to that. That'll put you in that group, and we'll be updating you as we go along. Um, also, I didn't preach about it, but we are starting a freedom group in January, um, following up on um, Kairos. How, how many of you went to Kairos this past time in November? A number of you. So uh, what happened was uh, we, there's a lot of information in Kairos, and so we're wanting to break that down. Uh, and, and digest it more slowly. So for some of us, the step that you need to take is just simply committing to spiritual freedom, which is saying, okay, I got a lot out of Kairos. Maybe you didn't even go to Kairos, uh, but you would like to get some of the same information on a slower level, in a small group level. We're going to have Zoom small groups for freedom. Um, text the word freedom to 512-960-1617, and that'll sign you up for that group. We'll, we'll let you know when those are happening. We'll give you the links to those. Um, but we really do believe that God's doing some awesome things through the freedom ministry. We want to we continue that. And um, we want to, for as long as it takes, I don't know how long that small group is going to last. It's not a regular small group. It's a special thing. Um, but we just feel like it's really important that we're uh, offering that to you. And then just regular small groups. So if you're interested in just joining a regular small group, which is meeting this week, actually, to study the different sermons that we're preaching, text the word groups to 512-960-1617. And then for serving opportunities. Uh, for, for some of us, uh, gotten out of the habit of serving, uh, whether it's serving... <laughs> Mm. Whether it's serving here at, at, at church, whether it's serving throughout the week with the different ministries that we have, whether it's serving online, um, doing uh, help, helping from home, um, but there are ways you can get involved. So if you text the word serving um, to 512-960-1617, we will reach out to you with some serving opportunities, and um, it'll actually give you a link um, to uh, the, the serving groups that, that we have at City Chapel, and you can check those out. Um, but that's my... That's my altar call to you.